Welcome to Summer Bays, the unofficial home and away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavner, where I take a weekly look at the trials and those big old tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer town, Summer Bay. Each week I do a deep dive into the week's events and discuss dilemmas our characters find themselves in, like, do you feel remorse for sending your best friend to jail for 50 years? Or who do you choose? Your ex-girlfriend or your current girlfriend. Get ready to feel closer each day to home and away. And just a quick note before we start, this is a no-spoiler podcast. I don't look ahead at what's going to happen next on Home and Away. I don't go through any online spoilers. I don't even watch what's coming up tomorrow on Home and Away. I highly recommend you do the same. It's a total game changer. Do it with any TV show you watch. I can't tell you how much better it makes the TV show. Rightio, so Willow has returned. <laughs> like, didn't they really need her? I don't know how much longer Dean and Bella could have coped without her. While I really didn't expect her to be coming back, I am so happy she is. And I just think that whole little family foursome down to two just didn't really work and there were so many moments when in the last few weeks when Dean has tried to comfort Bella or give her far too many home truths than is necessary and 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 that's where we you just really missed Willow to you know soften those blows Willow is so ingrained and invested into that Mangrove River gang's setup that she wouldn't have let stuff like that fly so very welcomed return really happy that she's back and on quite a path of redemption (laughs) so at least with Colby committing that second murder something good came out of it and it (laughs) I guess it gave Willow a reason to come back in and I was really expecting Bella to have this kind of booking Bronco reaction and my oh my did she give it to us it was really quite the reaction visceral anger and every single feeling you would expect Bella to have, she kind of vomits out onto Willow, which everyone, I suppose, was expecting. But because I kind of thought Dean would be a bit more on Bella's side, he softened much quicker. So when Dean said, all right, well, let's hear her out. Willow's like, yeah, cool. OK, uh, I didn't do it lightly. Do you have any questions? It didn't. She didn't really didn't go into her thought process, what was happening. It was only when they started asking the questions that she started to answer anymore. I just kind of thought that was a bit like, you kind of need to explain yourself a bit more because she knew exactly what would happen by going in on this deal with Angelo. She knew she was sending a cop to jail. She knew it would destroy Colby and she knew it would destroy Bella and that whole Mangrove River family. And look, we all know that Colby was taking some incredible risks and completely playing with fire. And Willow probably felt that Colby was going to drag them all down with them. And Willow had to choose between Colby or Dean. Dean had lost so much already. Colby was kind of on some freight train headed for trouble. So Willow had to make a choice to get this to end. But I don't know if Willow feels any remorse for what she did. Like, obviously, it was took a lot of guts to do what she did to volunteer this information to Angelo. Angelo didn't even offer her the deal. But at no point during any of Bella's anger rants 
where she's being called a traitor, being told that she abandoned everyone. Like, she didn't say, I wish I didn't do it. She didn't say I regret anything. Willow has really stood by the call that she made. I just kind of thought when the sentence got doubled and now we know that Colby is going to die in jail. Willow seems to be more heartbroken over the fact that Bella and Dean won't talk to her as opposed to the fact that she's given her friend a death sentence. Now, obviously, Colby did what Colby did and Colby did play those choices, but she doesn't seem to have any, oh my God, I feel really bad for what I did to Colby. Like, I I wonder, will she go visit Colby? Maybe not, actually, if he's in solitary, but that would be, I'd love to see that scene. Anyway, um, so now that Willow has Dean on side, one down, one to go, what truly, truly seals the deal is Willow bringing back Amber. So (laughs) what better way to get into Dean's heart than help him rebuild his life? So there seems to be some kind of olive branch extended. Amber seems like a different character. She's way more level headed, way more relaxed talking a lot about getting priorities straight and Jai's happiness coming first. and But then she's back to her old tricks, being like, don't call me, I'll call you, and then freaking out. I was just so disappointed when that happened because I really thought that this was like a new leaf and then here we are back again with Amber pulling her same stuff. Like, just text him. I don't understand why then she gets the hump with him when he's calling her all the time. It's just like... Uh, it just felt a little bit deja vu and they've been gone for a long time. So anyway, I think maybe that was just some kind of like welcome home teething problem. And Dean was right to be like, I can't be an absent part time parent. I'm either in or I'm out like this is ridiculous. And yeah, so Amber seems a bit more open to change and dare I say cooperate. <laughs> but very much underpinning this is or maybe shadowing this, is Ziggy. So she's kind of getting it in the neck at the moment, which I am can't say I'm sorry to see. So she's getting the cold shoulder from Bella with comments like, you're too busy to care about my brother. She tries to chit-chat with Dean and ends up having an argument with him on the beach. Then she has a few run-ins with Willow saying stuff like, oh, some people are loyal and isn't Tane just your rebound? But she absolutely hit back. And fair play, I tip my hat to you, Ziggy. When So when Willow and Ziggy kind of butt heads again and Willow is saying stuff like, you guys are meant to be together. Dean and the Riverboy saved Tane just so you could hook up with him. Like, stop what you're doing with him. You're meant to be together. Like you and Dean, hearts, hearts, hearts forever and ever. And sorry, Ziggy, with her dead ball eyes as she usually commits to those emotional or intense scenes uh, (laughs) when she goes well I deserve to be happy after everything I've been through and you just want to fix things for Dean so he'll forgive you boom zing done out bish bash bosh no coming back from that Willow that's exactly what you're doing (laughs) you're just being like trying to come in on your white horse like dun da 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 let me save the day no not gonna happen and you got to give it to Ziggy. Like when she's being selfish, she's good at putting herself first. Or maybe that's why I find her so unbearable because I'm actually just jealous. But she brutishly puts her happiness above everything else and plows on with it regardless of how people feel, 
regardless of how many snidey comments she gets from everyone in the bay. Although I did think it was a bit rich when, when she said, you don't get to judge me for my decision. I didn't betray anyone. It's like, well, you did say you were kind of, you felt like you were cheating on Dean a few weeks ago and then you wouldn't tell him about your your new relationship. So I don't know really where that betrayal comment comes in and and Willow's betrayal is very, very different. That was like to do with a murder, not to do with some love affair. So anyway, fair, I suppose, fair play to you, Z. I'll, I'll give it to you. Now, my dearly beloved Stuarts. So Martha's anxiety is peaking. Her mental health is plummeting. And Kieran has truly triggered something in Martha that she is now hallucinating to him. But the only good thing about these hallucinations is she's getting her chance to like apologize to Kieran in her mind and just get at peace with the whole Kieran situation, which I think is good. Her trust in Irene is also quite good, but she's saying some pretty wild stuff. So, and like with ideas of wanting to go to Marimula, it's all a bit chaotic, isn't it? So, I think Irene does a great job of kind of coercing her into staying and being like, well, if he's going to look for you anywhere, he's going to look for you here. So, yeah, so obviously well played, Irene. Beautiful stuff. But when Alf and Rue see her talking to nobody at the back of Kieran's old van, why are they, like, not shipping her off to the hospital immediately? This whole malarkey of, like, oh, practicing a mantra, they buy it. And it's just like, mm, guys, come on. And Rue is like, I think I'm going to have to go through her phone. She loves a good, like, let's raid his van or let's go through her phone. And while it's justified, I just love it. It's just such tactical nosiness. It's amazing. But they, they think to do that all before, oh, maybe we should get her to a hospital. And I know they eventually get her there, but given that Kieran is appearing at the hospital and she's drawing loads of quite very good and exact uh, sketches of him, I don't know if she's going to be getting better anytime soon. And poor Alf, because like the surf, the surf club presidency is coming up. He's very busy with this, so... Oh, it's a stressful time for the stewards. And so, and so now we have Casanova, a.k.a. Ari, the worst kind of Casanova. <laughs> Him and Mac return all loved up, feeling super secure in their relationship after their break to the city, and... Sharing a bit of a steamy kiss. Mia walks in and Mac gets thrown off Ari. And what I don't understand is why didn't she just leave and storm out when that happened? Why wait until Mia's finished with her laundry? And I know she loves Ari and all that and that's great. But I think that's a a storm outable scenario. Like that's not something you really hang around for. Except to say I take it all back. I do not feel better about you and me. That's the only thing you say and then you storm out. So Ari is clearly dealing with a serious case of Mia muscle memory. And I don't think, I just, as I said last week, actions speak far louder than words. And the way Ari is acting, it's almost like instinctual. And I think his relationship with Mac is paling or something. Like in fairness, in fairness to Mia, it's not like she's really stirring the pot like it's not she's not really doing anything and when she kind of sniffs out from Ari like when he said let's go for breakfast in the diner she's like no what about salt and he's like no 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 the diner so like she does have morals she understands that it's a weird situation 
but there just seems to be this gravitational pull between me and Ari that not many can compete with. So when Ari asks for space, it's not a big shock. When Ari has the barbecue, it's also not a big shock. What was a big shock was Mia telling Mac about the barbecue, assuming that Mac would be there. Just led us to this horrible Dolly Parton, Jolene moment. I just felt really bad for Mac because Mia could take Ari if she wanted to. And like, you can understand then why she feels like she has to beg for Mia not to go there. And I just kind of feel like, obviously in hindsight, this is great, but... But I just kind of feel like if Mac feels like she has to beg, he's probably not worth it. I don't know. Maybe he's not the one. What I did love, though, about the barbecue, despite (laughs) Ari's deceitfulness, was the singing. God, is there anything those brothers can't do? It was just so lovely. I really enjoyed that little song. God, so talented. They're great performers, aren't they? They could do a great haka. They throw on a great barbecue or remember the one they did when they first moved into the bay and then now they're great singers. Wow. And when Max snuck up to the barbecue, it seemed like she was going to call in. She's wearing a blazer, brought her handbag and when she overhears them, but it seemed like she was going to call in. What would she have said? Because Ari now knows that Max has found out about the barbecue and never contacted her. So was she going to be like, hey guys, great party and like pretend everything was normal? I kind of wish that happened rather than her overhearing the best part of him and Mia's chat and walking away for the the worst part, which she kind of needed to hear about Ari saying his feelings for Mia. So, I don't know, it's just a, it's a complete Jolene. It really is. Please don't take my man, even though you can, is the moral of the story. And I think as much as I really don't care for Mia, I'm happy she's holding strong on this saying like figure it out on your own I'm not and she didn't tell Ari about what Mac had said like she is in an awkward position like what is she it's not really Mia's fault that Ari's like tongue wagging every time she comes near him so she isn't Mia is in this awful position and I do think she's good at holding strong and like she was lured to the barbecue under the guise that Chloe would be there even though her and Ari do share some weird moments but like Look, they're exes. So yeah, I think Chloe not being there in a way ruined things for a lot of people. It's like, relax, she's not that great. So Mia's annoyed she's not there and then Nick is really annoyed she's not there and then takes it out on Bella and finds out about Bella's plan, blah, blah, blah. But where Chloe actually was was getting Maz really drunk and oh my God, I adore drunk Maz. I wish she was like that more. Just, you know, let her hair down. Stop being so pernickety in particular. Just, you know, relax. Enjoy a few drinks. It's great. And I love how she didn't have lunch and she's just sitting there getting absolutely trolleyed. It's unbelievable. And Chloe and Ryder clearly don't care because they're just so competitive. So it's great. <laughs> I just love, I love because we've all been there drunkenly calling over to someone's house. They're so not in your vibe. Knock, knock, knock. Marilyn heads to John's and really laughs at him in his campaign. It's so funny. And they're calling him the Surf Club Prime Minister. Amazing. So good. And luckily, she's too drunk to notice all of Susie's clothes everywhere. But then I felt so sorry for her when she had the fall. Poor little Maz. I hate that every time you do something. Like anytime Maz lets her hair down, then she's like, ends up falling, has a soft or light concussion. And then like now she probably won't drink for ages. But... Oh my God, Susie's face. Look, she's so fed up when she was like, oh, what is all this when the place was in a mess? 
And then the photo, the wedding, she sees the wedding photo. And Susie's so annoyed. It's such good acting. It's incredible. And all this like fake interest is so good. And like, can I hug the hero? And then when Maz drops over the pastries for breakfast in her little I'm injured gear, the little puffer and the, and the leggings. And out swans Susie in her lingerie, shaming Maz for her big fat hangover. Oh, it's iconic because I really feel like the storylines are okay. Apart from Willow coming back, everything's gone a bit like this. It, we're on a simmer now, and I just do enjoy a nice evil character to get us through this more relaxed, less murder vibe than what we're coming off. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of Susie, okay, to quote Irene, suddenly she's everywhere. She's helping Justin and Leah with their house. And there's something in Irene's waters telling her that there's something not right with Susie. So come on, Irene, keep following your gut. Keep keep following that. Come on, you're onto something there. Keep going. But Leah and Justin are so weird around touring Christian. Can we just rewind to last week where... They were really shady about the engagement party and had secrets. And Tori thought that Justin's tumour was back. And now they're being just as weird again. Why is it like a Morgan mantra to keep secrets from your other sibling? That seems to be their hobby. That's the way they communicate. They're like, okay, when is the most inconvenient time I can tell someone something? So when I need to tell my sibling something, I just won't tell them until the very last minute or until they find out from somebody else. That is just how they do things. It's their form of communication. I don't know what more can be said. It's absolutely ridiculous. And they don't need this kind of stress because things in the hospital are really heating up. Lewis, like on his first day of his new job, he's very comfortable in it. Like what a bad start to get off on. You know, not going home, undermining all of Christian's decisions. There's such a tension bubbling there. Like he's double checking on Marilyn. Ugh. Undermine, undermine, undermine. (laughs) And now Lewis has been holding for another chat with Tori. Like he doesn't really think, I don't understand why he's like, oh shit, this is a new job. I need to make a good impression. So weird. And what I will end today on is (laughs) Christian's comment of being like, if that happens again, I'm going to be less than zen. (laughs) Is that a phrase? Am I missing something? Is that a phrase? I love it. Could be less than zen if my dinner's not ready not ready on time. Could be less than zen if there's traffic this morning. Less than zen. Oh, alrighty. Well, that about wraps it up for me this week. If you want to get in touch, Summer Bays is on Instagram at Summer Bays Podcast. Slide into my DMs, surf into my DMs. Oh, God, that was terrible. And we can have some fan chats there. Would love to know what you guys think about Susie. I'm always up for a rant about Ziggy. So head on over there if you want to do that. G'day, and I'll talk to you next week.